It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Rams Nation, welcome back. It's your host, Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. This is your Tuesday edition of Locked On Rams. As I mentioned, I'm your host. You can find me at LA underscore Rambling Bear Online or at Locked On Rams. I'm joined by my main man, the man, the myth, the legend, James Kroger. James, welcome to the show. Tuesday, how you feeling, bud? I'm feeling great. It's no surprise I'm here, and thank you once again for having me. I look forward to this every single week. All right, you better, because we're going to kind of get into some off-season days here. I think we're going to record on uh, release on Tuesdays and then finish out strong, and then we can do Thursday, Friday episode. We'll do about three a week, get you guys some content. Uh, we still got football going, so I want to get to some Ram stuff, but I also want to get into you know what happened uh, this weekend in these games and maybe kind of get your opinion on what would it be like if the Rams were still there, you know? Okay. Uh, but let's start with some Ram stuff. What do you got for me? So uh, first thing I'm sure you guys saw on social media today, but Jared Goff has officially been named to the 2018 Pro Bowl. Hello. He will be joining five of his teammates. We all know who's going to be there. Andrew Whitworth, Johnny Hecker, Farrell Cooper, Jake McQuaid, Aaron Donald, and Greg the Leg. Is, is he actually going to – is he cool to he, play? I don't know if he's – he's definitely probably not going to play, but, I mean, if you get a free trip to Orlando, you know, back's feeling better. Yeah, Orlando's just get him a walker awesome. uh, or a wheelchair and roll him around. He deserves to have his moment in the sun. But I don't know if he's actually going to go. I mean, with the injury, but uh, interesting. You know, actually, the, the uh, internal nod. <laughs> I will, I'm curious, and we probably should have looked it up before this episode. But do we? Do you think? We Delete. Start most, over. The most players from any team on on the in the, in the NFC at least. Yeah, we got to look that one up. I'm not sure. Um, and then you'd have to go down to like who was initially invited because Jared Goff's. Filling in for Carson Wentz, yeah. you know, those type of stats that guys have to go. And, fortunately, all those lucky guys on the Patriots and the Eagles that get to skip it because they're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, but are you going to be watching the Pro Bowl? <sighs> now that Goff's there, we got Yeah, you know, you know I mean, I'll probably, oof, when's maybe. it, on a Saturday? Is it like, it was actually on Sunday. I don't know, but at least maybe the first quarter. I don't quarter. know, never, never, yeah, maybe the first quarter, second quarter, watch Jerry Goff. I don't I don't know how he'll rank in. I think he's going to fall in probably like the third quarterback, so maybe he finishes the game. I'm not sure. But I, maybe, I don't know, I'm not going to plan my day around it, though. But if, if I'm not doing anything and want to throw it on. Maybe, but it's the Pro Bowl. They've gotten better. They've been more entertaining. The whole, this is the year of the touchdown celebration, so maybe they'll get together and collaborate with yeah. some fun ones and try to get people in the crowd to get excited about it. So, it's the Pro Bowl, though. It's I'm not a big fan on any of the All-Star games. Baseball All-Star game, they try to make it Basketball's pretty decide. decent, at least the side stuff they have going on. I mean, they do the dunk contest, and they, you know, it just ends up being like they almost score 200 a game. Actually, <laughs> while we're talking quick basketball, a couple things. One, make sure to check out Locked On NBA. Also, if you have a team you're, you support, go check out Locked On Lakers, Locked On Clippers, or who knows, I don't know, Locked On Bulls, Locked On Utah Jazz. You never know who you're a fan of. Go check them out. But I saw a quick reveal that they're, as you're talking All-Star Game, is that they're going to go back to, it's like a black jersey and a white jersey with just the logo of the team. You know, they're not doing like fun, unique All-Star jerseys. Some people were pretty pissed about that, but I don't know. It's I think the whole All Star. It's weird this year. They're actually they selected captains, and then those captains select a team, 
and there's a starting crew, but then they select the rest of their team. It's, We're on to basketball now. Yeah. I'm just sorry. Right. I was, we got into the All-Star yeah, games, so and I was, was talking Steph about Curry how... Curry and LeBron James that were the captains, Yeah. Right? I, just, I didn't end up, end up seeing who. Uh, would you think how how would you think that would transition if the NFL tried to do something like that? Take a couple oh captains gosh. and pick a team, no matter what division, and just did it. Do you think that would be more interacting, or do you think that would be a terrible idea? I think that'd be a pretty interesting idea because football players are so much about stats, and we're doing mock drafts already. How many mock drafts have you seen yeah. out there already? Like how many mock Super or Pro Bowl drafts would you do? I think. I think that'd be kind of fun, you know, take somebody like Goff or a team captain and, and let them build the team around them. Some people that maybe they might have played with in college yeah. they want to play with again. Or Well, you know, it, I wouldn't be shocked if in like two years, because they went from it being in Hawaii all the time to now they're rotating. They're in Orlando this year for the, or, um, for the Pro Bowl. I think they're going to kind of jump warm spots. But, yeah, maybe that's their next thing as they realize like no one gives a crap still. Um, yeah. That they've got to do, you know, fun, you know, maybe – get back into some competitions. I don't even know if they do that. That's how off I am at the Pro know. Bowl. Well, that, that kind of shows. I don't know how many people in America watch the Pro Bowl. If we're trying to expand the NFL around and we're having games in the middle of the season down in Mexico now yeah. and want to be in warmer spots, why don't they take the Pro Bowl so you can see all of your favorite players, all the All-Stars, and take them to Mexico and some of these off Look at this guy. Instead of, Goodell hit me up. Yeah. But, you know, one, you'll get way more viewership because uh, people not in America probably watch that for sure. And if you do it right... Um, Maybe maybe it's before the Super Bowl still, maybe it's not, but you kind of can sell it to the players as like, hey, we're going to pay for you a trip abroad, and it'll be after the season, yeah. and it's going to be our Pro Bowl, just kind of show the world the best there is. Why not? Because there's, I'm, 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 I bet there's places better than Orlando. The only thing that comes down to it is it just goes back to like, you know, how serious can you take it in football? Because these guys, it's such a physical sport. Like some guy blows his knee out in the Pro Bowl in China when it means nothing. And all yeah. of a sudden, the franchise, like if Odell was on a Pro Bowl, went across to some adventure that we just created for him in Australia and two plays in, even joking around, just tears his ACL. You're like, what are we doing, people? Yeah, well, that's it. I don't know if that'll matter if they're overseas or not. If they're going to tell their ACL jinking around. On Very the true. I guess that, so that goes into the Might pool. Well give them on a, send them on a vacation, promote the NFL. Yeah. You know, they, they get the chance to see. How, how often do you get to be able to see Todd Gurley and like Kareem Hunt and some of these players that aren't always playing against each other uh, and all of them in one yeah. place? Hey, so. you don't got to sell me. I think, uh, I think you're on the Super Bowl here. the very next weekend. They're, they're tuned in. If they're we see up. a report here soon, we know the NFL is listening in. in this. All right. It's not a bad idea. That could make it more interesting. So I like it. Well, Other than that, uh, all-star games suck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I bet nobody will be watching. Well, as we mentioned earlier, two teams that aren't going to the Pro Bowl are going to be the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles. Those mm-hmm. Both those teams advance. I kind of want to break down these games here, uh, get your thoughts on them. We watched both these games together. Eh, kind of. That second one uh, took yeah, a little bit of a bear everybody nap. Everybody kind of tuned out. Uh... Took a little bit of a bear nap. <laughs> uh, I was out of it, man. We did a lot of the early drinking with the first one, and that you game got boring. You had two bears and two beers too many. So we'll start, we'll start with the boring one. You can tell me about it because I, I missed it. Philadelphia spanks Minnesota to move on. Um, we saw a... Nick Foles that, you know, a lot of Eagle hopefuls were kind of praying that was going to show up. Yeah. And a lot of doubters didn't think still existed. But Eagles dominate in this game. Talk to me. What I mean, what went wrong for 
Case Keenum there. Well, man. the Eagles' defense went wrong for Case Keenum because he just couldn't produce anything, and they were all over him. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Nick Foles. This guy goes for 352 yards and three touchdowns, mm. 26 for 33. And then you take a look at Case Keenum at one touchdown and two interceptions. Turnovers was another big factor that went into it. But man, and they start out so hot. That first touchdown was the first drive, and you're like, uh-oh, we're on to something. Yeah. And yeah. then the pick six, all of a sudden, 7-7. Seven, seven, they had a quick three and out, and they were coming down and scoring, and it was just over from there. They just lost that momentum from last week. I think they got all of it out of their system and didn't, didn't bring the energy to this yeah, game. Yeah, I saw a couple of the um, Saints players tweeting and kind of out of, like, anger, kind of being like, see, there was no stinking miracle. Yeah. It just was a lucky play. Because they probably heard, like, it was destiny, it was miracle, it was, <laughs> it was supposed to happen. They're like, no, dude, it just happened, and I'm so glad that – it's over, but um, they got whooped. It, it was kind of hard to watch because uh, I was pulling for Case, you know, the whole story of Minnesota hosting it. But here we go. Rams are back on the board. Um, I'm not sure where actually where the Super Bowl is next year, but uh, Rams are, are locked in for a couple years ahead here to really host one. Well, maybe we'll cool. be the first ones to do it. So another thing about Nick Foles is he averaged uh, twice as many uh, yards per reception as as Case Keenum. So he was getting that deep ball done. He had a long of 53 yards, um, and, you know, it just— Yeah, that was that Elshon Jeffrey uh, over-the-top touchdown catch uh, who had himself quite a game. And his receivers stepped up. Torrey Smith, who hasn't done much at all this season, had five catches and a touchdown— he relied heavily on Zach Ertz. And yep. if you remember when we talked to Benjamin over at Locked On Eagles, he said that's the guy, right? That's the guy that he's been going to all season that's long. That's the guy that Carson Wentz was going to all season yeah. long. Yeah, and, and, and that trusting of the tight end, you know, when you kind of step into this role. But he was moving the ball around, and he looked like a very confident quarterback. I think that was huge to it. And then the turnover over battle, which you talked about earlier, they won that. They handily. Uh, Nick Foles didn't turn the ball over. Uh, they look great. They look like a team that actually could go into the Super Bowl and take care of Minnesota. They're really taking on that underdog role. They were back-to-back underdogs. Um, they're selling t-shirts like crazy with these dogs. There were tons of masks around the stadium with the dogs. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be underdogs again going to the Super Bowl. Maybe this is the role they want to play going in. Well, that momentum going in, if you had to put your money down, Bear, I mean, it's some people say it's almost stupid not to bet on New England. Yeah. Um, but where are you at with this? Do you think there's a chance? Well, you'll have to tune into my my bookie episode <laughs> when we break down the Super Bowl. We've got two weeks before we get in there. Hoping but he's on it. I'm uh, you know, I'm I'm leaning that way. I may have to you know dive a little bit deeper into the ball game, but obviously I'm rooting for the Eagles. I think 90% of our country's rooting for the Eagles. Um, but I want to while we're in the NFC uh, chat here on this game, I want you to kind of step outside this 38-7 ball game and let's play the what if game right what if we went on the road uh and played minnesota took care of them and this would have been where the rams were right this would have been the game the rams wanted to be in because there are a couple times during this game where i was like man i wonder how we would have represented in this game this big time on the road second year quarterback how do you see the Rams perform in this game if they made it i think it definitely would have been a high scoring game on both sides but at the end of the day if I don't know, man. It's kind of scary. This would have been a scary, good game because Nick Foles was, was almost flawless. And, you know, when we saw Nick Foles and he stepped in for Carson Wentz that game, he didn't wow you with anything at that point. But if you really step back and think about it, he got thrown into a game. I think he completed nine balls, uh, didn't score a touchdown, but got a couple first downs at the end of the game to really end the game for us. And that alone kind of showed that poise. 
Yeah, for him to get another crack at us, he played really well in his first appearance. Um, you know, it would have been interesting to see how he played that game against us on you know a week of practice and and all those extra weeks of getting with the guys and kind of building that rhythm. But it would have been a scary game. Obviously, these Eagles are looking a lot like the number one seed Eagles that um, we've seen in the past. I actually saw an interesting stat that said um, eleven of the last twelve representatives in the Super Bowl have been number one seeds. Interesting. The only number one seed not to make it in that time period was the Dallas Cowboys. They were number one seed that lost. Okay. All the other ones. So basically, in the last like six years or so, you got to be a number one seed to go to the Super Bowl. So I guess for us Rams, as we're looking next year and you're thinking about finishing out the season and how do you win those last four or five games to, to hold that spot or to creep up into that spot, Yeah. having that home playoff field advantage all the way through the end is such a huge advantage and such a big step up obviously you saw it here with the vikings who when played at home really well with the defense uh, and they just couldn't seem to get it all together i mean that was one of their strong points they couldn't get it together in the cold on the road um you know with case keenum so something to look for towards next year and a goal for as we're talking about how much we want to improve Mm -hmm. where do we shoot for obviously winning the division is is starts there but then going and chasing that number one seed. We were three this last year, right? We're not far off from having hopes of a number one seed. And we had close enough games that, you know, we could have we could have we had some opportunities to win there. So it's... Yeah. And you'll see how far it goes. So definitely uh, a goal to reach next year. But I, I wanted to ask that because I, I it's just kinda interesting to kinda as this game got so far out of it and kinda boring at times, I kinda in my dreams when I was sleeping, I started seeing Jared Goff run around there and just all the things, the pregame, the interviews, talking about this is your first, you know, start in an NFC divisional game. All that yeah. hype that they would have had would have been so fun to watch with the Rams. I just and think I, Todd Gurley would have tore it up, man. Well, if we went to him, that was the problem in our first playoff game. You only had 12 carries. You know, right. that's where I'm wondering where would have McVay kind of maybe gone off of his path, which was successful this year when it was give the ball to him. A couple times we saw him, I don't want to say get a little too cute, but kind of got away from the game plan. Yes, in our first home playoff game, it was turnovers inside our own 20. That kind of threw off a lot of the game plan. Um, But those things are going to happen in a game. How can you stay focused and get your man like Gurley the ball? Tavon Austin goes for 130 yards in a random twist of offense. (laughs) Man, you know what? You never know, but I just don't see it. That would have been my dream for sure. And then he said... Keep your money, Rams. I'm just going to step down. That was, that was how it finished. He, didn't even, he just retires. I'm retiring Yeah, because I'm rich. Yeah. <laughs> the Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. 
After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. Well, James, that was the NFC. Now let's jump over to the other side. Tom Brady, TB12, man, the GOAT. And we were watching this game. This is when we were hyped up. Early beers, early game, long day of football. We really thought there was a chance. To and we were calling Blake Bortles the GOAT killer, man. We <laughs> thought it. We were, like, thinking about getting the hashtag going, get the website domain, start making up the T-shirts. Memes. Yeah, we got the GOAT killer, Blake Bortles, throwing for 293 yards of touchdowns, no interceptions. They were 10-0 and when Blake Bortles does not have a turnover. And he did everything right, uh, 23 of 36. His number's a little high, but he had a great percentage, uh, completion percentage, and, and, and an average at eight. He did everything right. You had Leonard Fournette running the ball well. Their defense played great. They were off to a hot start. I think it was 14 to three at one point. Uh, this thing just unraveled. I mean, they were fourth quarter. I think there was about eight minutes left. They're up 10. Tom Brady scores. This thing gets out of control. They come down, score again. 24-20. Walk me through your heartbreak. Walk me through what happened. And were the refs the 12th man? I was just going to say that. They had the Gillette refs and the Gillette time clock because, um, you know, a few of those factors were uh, important in this game. But, you know, in reality, they, they just did what the New England Patriots do, and they just came back and, and win when they had to because you're right. It was 14-3 at one point. We went into halftime just thinking, oh, man, this is going to be huge for Jacksonville. We are stoked. It was so early on in the day. But Mr. Tom Brady just finds a way to get it done. Gronk goes out with a concussion protocol. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to matter at all. No. Um, and, yeah, he was going – he had some great passes to Cooks, and he just – you know, you just – He's the goat. Is there any argument about it? Is he not the best of all time? Or? It's 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 so hard, man, to to not make him the best of all time. In, in fact, here's a couple Tom Brady super stats. Nice. So I'm gonna I'm gonna impress Mr. Statman with some stats that I saw of Tom what Brady that dork. that made me just go, oh. <laughs> in 16 seasons, this is now his eighth Super Bowl that he's going to. He's 50 percent on his career going to the Super Bowl. 50 oh percent of his gosh. career, he go he's going to the Super Bowl. Um. And out of all Super Bowls, 15% of them he's played in. Wow. Since the very first Super Bowl, he's played in 15% of them. That's just, that number seems so stupid high. That's insane. We better call the cops. That's yeah. too insane. That's yeah. too insane for me. That is too insane. Come get the man. He's gone crazy. <laughs> With that, here's a couple of other fun facts inside the Super Bowl, right? He's got five wins. We all know that. He's running out of fingers to hold these Super Bowls. He's got 11 tackles in Super Bowls. 11 tackles. Wow. I'm sure that's coming off some interceptions and some random plays where he's maybe had to do some things, but that's crazy. He's punted the ball twice. He's really? two punts in the Super Bowl. His quarterback rating is 112 in the red zone in the Super Bowl. 12. Pretty, pretty good. He has more wins in the playoffs than 28 other teams. 
my god. He has 27 wins in the playoffs. That's more than 28 other teams. Don't even have 27 wins. That's insane. 28 other teams? You know there's only, what, 32 NFL teams? You just can't argue against the fact that he's the best. He is, man. It's hard to do it. And the thing is, he does it with, like, so much spirit and pride in in his game. And some, you know, might think he's a little baby or whines here and there. But I'm telling you right now, man, he gets it done. Comeback city. Um... Now, it's the TB12 method, man. They just they can always come back. They came back in what? How many Super Bowls? The big one we obviously remember last Super Bowl um, against Seattle. Against Seattle, they came back, and then this comeback down ten with with eight ten minutes to go. Uh, they feel very comfortable in those positions, and they showed it. And they just looked out, and the, and Jacksonville just started to look a little rattled on D at yeah. the end. Uh, but Blake Bortles came down. He made an attempt, had a deep ball, and and this is where I want to go next. And we. Briefly touched on it, and I don't want to sit here and whine about it for too long. But those calls, I mean, there was one down the left-hand side to Cooks where he just kind of rides the guy out of bounds, just had better position on him. Uh, Yeah, they're making contact, but that's kind of the cornerback wide receiver. Like, I just owned you on this play, and I'm going to run you to the out of bounds. You had nowhere to go with the ball. You weren't close. And he kind of tries to fight his way back in, and they throw a flag. And that was like a 30-yard penalty. Did you see the video of the ref congratulating Tom Brady yeah. after the after I was going to get to that. And then right after the game, one of the first people over to congratulate the GOAT <laughs> is the head referee. He was like, oh, yeah, okay. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I'll expect my oh, Christmas yeah. card Venmo me later. later. Yeah, yeah, Venmo me. And then there's the hold at the end of the game when they seal the win with the, the third down run. Uh, their linebackers getting just draped on. Um, and then the play where it was the fourth down play. Throws it over top. He makes great play with his hand, reaches out, knocks the ball away. But if you look from a different angle, he basically throws the guy's hips around. He has his arm on the hip. Uh, uh, just so many missed calls. Everything went the other favor. I think it was 10 calls for close to 100 yards against Jacksonville. And New England had one. One penalty called against them all game. So, whew, it's just hard when you're looking at the numbers, man. The numbers yeah. will prove it. But I'll tell you that lie. Danny Amendola catch was pretty, pretty awesome. And it also helped your boy out in some fantasy stuff. But uh, they made some plays. Not going to take it away from them not making plays, right? I got to tell you guys that Bear, the whole first half, was saying, Amendola, hey, go to Amendola. And then, <laughs> as soon as he stopped saying it, yeah. they started going to him. So Yeah, he had zero targets, and I'm sitting here doing a, a postseason <laughs> fantasy, and I've got Danny Amendola. But I'll tell you right now, I won the week, and I'm in first place for the whole pool. So here we go, Super Bowl time. In two weeks. I don't like the whole week in between thing. It kind of yeah, drives me crazy. They're filling in with the Pro Bowl, which no one's really excited about. James has already thrown it over to overseas. <laughs> Take it. With, with player drafts, we've just changed the whole thing. Uh, two weeks to talk about it. Minnesota has to sit with it in their city for two weeks oh, lingering, man. reminding them that they're not in it. See, that's the nice thing that we got. They Atlanta came here, beat us, took it on the road, and moved way back to the Midwest and East Coast to play some football. And, yeah, we watch football. We know what's happening. But we're not hosting the Super Bowl. Can you imagine if we were hosting the Super Bowl and all this media was in town and all these players and all this hoopla and all every local coverage was talking about it and they kept showing your, you know, stadium and all that. I mean, like, that would would have to suck to sit in that thing for a couple weeks. So So, one thing that they can think about, though, while they're sitting there with Super Bowl people in the crowd is who's – this conversation, who the quarterback's going to be next year. Woo! They've got a lot. Who's their quarterback going to be next year? Who's their new O coordinator, who I think they just mm. lost to the yep. New York Giants? Uh, Pat Shermer, head coach now of the New York Giants. And you're right, man. They've got three quarterbacks, and the only one they truly know about is Case Keenum at this point. Right. Bradford's coming off another big injury. That you know, He started the season, first game of the season. He looked great 
and healthy Would for the first time. Would you put him in halftime at this nah, game? Nah, I think it's just because, again, you don't know. We haven't really seen him in live action since he came back. He's been out the whole season. Right. And then Teddy Bridgewater, who hasn't really been in a game since 2005. I, I mean, don't know why I see a question that Keenan wouldn't be the guy. I mean, I, I know who what they're working with, but, like, look what you got, you guys. Yeah, I guess look what you got, you guys, but everyone this whole time is still just going, like, it's, he got lucky. You know, no one's really <laughs> buying it, right? Like, even their organization, no one's, no one, if you go around the NFL, would you go, is Keenum a top five quarterback? And you'd be like, nah, probably not. You don't even know if he's a top but 10. Sam Bradford is. Top, top 10. But I guess what, what you're with Sam Bradford is maybe you think all healthy under this, you know, offense, which, you know, offense coordinator's gone, so that changes things. I don't know, man. You're right. Okay, you got to pick real quick. Let's do the game we <laughs> did that. last week, right? Uh, Mary date kill with okay. those three quarterbacks because you got to keep two right as a healthy roster. Mary date kill Keenum, Bridgewater, and Bradford. Bradford. Okay, I'm killing Bradford. Ooh, right off the sorry, just you're pulling out. trigs. Yep, no way. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna date Bridgewater and I'm I'm marrying Keenum, man. Mm. I think I think he's on one right now. He yeah he didn't get anything done in the playoffs, but. I just, this season, I think he was an amazing quarterback this season. He had the amazing tools around him. He had the line. He had the receivers. Um, but Keenum got it done. He did do it. So yeah. uh, he's definitely my guy. It's hard to fight with he actually did do it. <laughs> yeah, so Very good point. 13-3. <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to copy you there because, like you said, Keenum did it. He got him there whether people doubted him or it was ugly or his defense helped him or his running back helped him. He got it done. He led him there. And he really didn't implode. They didn't score. The whole team imploded, really. But I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to kill Keenum. What? Yeah. I'm going to go complete opposite. Thanks for nothing. Yeah. After all those compliments, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill Keenum. I'm going to date Teddy, and I'm going to marry Bradford. I'm going to. What? Yeah, Bradford, before this second, last, most recent injury, went healthy. Played really, really well. He well, finally under- for half a season every year. Yeah, yeah, that's your problem, and that's why you that's why you date Teddy. You bring him back in. You got you got, you got two <laughs> options, back right? Man. Um, but Keenum got us this far, right? I don't think. Again, I think he's on a one year deal, so he's going to want to get paid. I think someone else out there is going to jack up his price in his mind. And for what I want to pay Keenum, for what I really think he is, and what I'm going to get from him, for what the value of the other two potentially could be. I'm going to go, you know what? Go get your money somewhere else. I can't pay you maybe that. Maybe he'll go to New York with his offensive coordinator. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, and, and Poor Keenum moves to L.A. to Minnesota. Oh, what a difference. Now who knows where he's going. Well, he did say something in his, his uh, exit interview today when he, they was asked about this. And he was like, hey, it's out of control. i got to enjoy this time that I have with these guys right now. I may not see him again. I don't know. They were pretty honest about it. Um, but he said, when I first came to Minnesota, my biggest thing was, oh, I've got to shovel snow. <laughs> and he's like, and at the end of the day, he's like, I never shoveled one thing of snow this year. It's like, well, yeah, of course, you're a rich quarterback. Like, why'd you ever think you were going to have to go shovel snow if you, if you wanted to? Yeah, my, my drive was heated, actually. Um, but, yeah, it'll be an interesting thing to watch who they go with, what they're going to do there. I really think Keenum's going to leave. I think someone's going to offer him a couple extra bucks. And at this point in Keenum's career, you got to take the contract, take care of the family, yeah, and um, sit down somewhere en- enjoy that moment of that ride. But if you know they're debating you now when you're taking him to the NFC championship game what are you gonna do if you lose four games next year they're gonna yeah. cut your ass so fast they're gonna replace you they're gonna be done with you right away so you're already in like on a hot seat you might as well go where someone where they want you and they're recruiting you and probably gonna overpay you and try that out he's a journeyman 
a good Pack point. your bags, baby. Let's go. It's a good point. So, kill them, and we'll see what Bradford does. I think well healthy. That guy's still a top-tier quarterback. Maybe he'll so go we'll to see. Miami. We'll see lots, lots of moving pieces, <laughs> lots of new head coaches, lots of stuff going on in the NFL. And that is a little bit of rant we had there, but I enjoyed it. All right, James, thanks for the chat, man. I always have fun talking football. We kind of got to talk some fun off-the-cuff conversations there. Uh, we're going to get back to, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday episodes for the offseason. We may uh, tinker it around a little bit and move some days, but I'm going to shoot for three days a week, try to be as consistent as possible on those uh, for Tuesday. Start you out with one and then finish with the Thursday, Friday episode. James, you're probably going to be involved in almost every single one of them. Oh, Hope yippee. you're ready. I can't wait. Um, we're going to break down some more stuff with the Rams. We'll start getting this offseason, but now we still have some live football to talk about, so I'm going to kind of live in the moment of actual football. We're going to talk other NFL teams as things are happening, and then, of course, obviously talk some Rams news it's been a little quiet from the Rams uh, side of things right now we're getting ready for the Pro Bowl um, and then as we start to talk about what we're doing in contract things I think things are going to heat up and get pretty exciting so uh, with that don't forget to follow us at Lockdown Rams on Twitter I'm at LA underscore Rambling Bear you can reach out at Gmail that's LockdownRams at gmail.com and then I got my boy next to me here at J Kroger 3 that's K-R-O-E-G-E-R Three with a K, with a J in front, right? That's right. All right, nailed the way it. Way to do it uh, middle end and then beginning. Of yeah, it. middle end beginning. If you're paying attention, <laughs> you're probably not writing it down. With that said, guys, you know what it is. Until next time, peace. Hey, locked on listeners, you already love our network and NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fancy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.